When you think of the past legislative session in the fall in B.C., one issue comes to mind, that of course is housing. Four major pieces of legislation became law, leading to the most transformative housing reforms in a generation. The laws will likely reshape residential neighbourhoods by allowing up to six units on a single-family lot, increase density near transit hubs, overhaul the way municipalities collect fees from developers, and set new rules for dealing with homeless encampments. Also, the crackdown on short-term rentals ban uh, most short-term rentals that aren't in the operator's principal residence. All the changes I have mentioned will take time to implement, of course. In fact, today, the province began providing municipal governments with funding to help them meet the requirements of the various pieces of new housing legislation. A total of $51 million will be dispersed across 188 uh, municipal governments in BC to help governments meet the requirements of the small-scale multi-unit housing legislation and transit-oriented development legislation uh, that was introduced. Um, In the case of the city of Vancouver, they'll be receiving about $3.2 million, followed by Surrey with uh, just over $3 million, Burnaby with $1.3 million, Richmond with $1.1 million, and Abbotsford will receive over $910,000. Joining me now to discuss how housing legislation will be implemented in 2024 is Housing Minister Ravi Kilo. Minister, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Jazz, thanks for having me in, in, in person today, which yes, I appreciate. Yes, exactly. It's good to chat in person. Um, uh, when you were putting together the legislation uh, with staff, uh, talking to various experts, uh, talking to advisors, walk our audience through your thinking. Uh, how complicated was it, difficult and challenging was it behind the scenes? to flesh out legislation, Mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, whatever you came up with was going to be complicated. But I'd love to know what your mindset was and the challenges you had behind the scenes to get that legislation introduced. Well, well, first off, we started with the fact that the system as we have it now when it comes to housing, it's just not working for many people. I mean, 10 years Mm -hmm. for housing to get approved. And if at that rate, I mean, our kids are just not going to have the housing they need. So what we did was we started with the basic facts, which is we need to do something different. We can't expect to get different results if we keep doing the same thing over and over again. So we looked at, um, we we had a BC housing uh, task force, uh, which uh, provided us some recommendations in BC. We um, looked at other jurisdictions, in particular around the country, to say, what else are they recommending? So Ontario had a housing task force. So we took our task force report, their task force report, and then we did a jurisdictional scan around the world. In fact, uh, mostly around North America, but other jurisdictions said, what are other places doing that we can learn from and and improve? And so that was the basis of what we knew we needed to do. But you, you nailed it. It is not easy to make the changes that we need to make in a simple way. Was there pushback behind the scenes? Like You must have been frustrated some days because you've got all this information coming, but how do you sort of you know, whittle it down to the key components. You probably had people of your own party, mm-hmm. uh, advisors, uh, public servants pushing back, you pushing back. I mean, the cut and thrust has got to be difficult when you're trying to put that type of legislation together. Well, w- when you're the minister of anything, what ends up happening is there's always pushback. There's always people have with different opinions. The, the luxury that I had in this role was I had a premier come in and say, this is the, my number one priority. I need you to figure out how to fix it, and you've got the support to do that. And so that made my job a lot easier. Of course, it's important to hear people um, be critical of it when you're at those tables because that actually improves the entire system and I believe helped improve the outcome that we have. But, you know, the engagement with local government started in 2018. 
That's how long we've been looking at the problem. That's how long we've been asking for suggestions. Much of the work we've done, in fact, was founded on those reports that we started in 2018. And so folks kind of, they knew it was coming. They knew we need to do this. Uh, and now is the hard work. Now is the implementation of that. And the money that you've announced, that you've shared publicly is, is important because now they can um, hire people if they need to, bring in consultants. But in the end, it's about changing their rules, changing the zoning to ensure that we get this type of housing built. So can you walk me through some of the, the, the what the next six months looks like in regards to you, the legislation's been uh, introduced, it's law, now it's about the regulations. What happens over the next six months or so? Well, local governments have to do a couple things. They have to now update their zoning rules to allow for small-scale multi-units. So on smaller lots, three units. On larger lots, four units. So they need to put that into their uh, bylaws. So that's important. That has to happen by June. We've we put guidelines out in December to say, here's what it should look like. If the lot has this, it should be this. If this lot looks like this, it should have that. So there's good guidance there, and now they have to implement. When it comes to transit-oriented development, they have to now uh, identify all their transit-oriented areas by law by June. They have to uh, update their transit-oriented development rules by, by June. And when it comes to short-term rentals, that obviously that's kicking in in May. So there's a lot of kind of... I guess local government changes that need to happen, all of that has to happen by June, and and that's what the local governments are busy doing right now. Um, What do you say to those who say, look, you're big-footing municipal governments who are still accountable to their citizens. It's the most accessible form of government. People can show up at a city hall meeting and... And talk about what's what's bugging them, uh, and you're bigfooting that very municipal government. There was a Metro Vancouver report uh, and Richmond uh, City report as well. Basically, talked about the one size fits all. Is there things that you're willing to change within the regulations that you think may address some of those issues? Well, the changes we've made uh, are around things that are impacting every community. So when people say one size fits all, it's because those issues are in every community. They're not just in one community or another. Every community is having those issues, and that's why the changes were uh, province-wide. You know, when I got in this role, uh, and I remember speaking to Victoria when they made their missing middle policy, the number one criticism that they heard was, why are we doing this and the communities around us are not, right? And so if we continue to have this conversation about why are we doing this, it's everyone's responsibility. Like if we want to address this challenge to ensure the next generation has the ability to have housing, if we can have multi-generational families living together, mm-hmm. it's everyone's responsibility. So, so that's why it was done in the way it was. You're a millennial, right? I am. I am slightly older. I'm a Gen Xer. How much of this do you think in regards to the conversations you have, you make many speeches, you go to the boards of trades in many parts of the communities, you're getting pushback. How much of this do you think is actually generational, a generational divide between, and and I'm broadly generalizing for audience, I'm not blaming boomers here, but baby boomers who have a certain perspective, maybe some of us Gen Xers as well, that got into the housing market and fortunate enough to at a certain age. But how much of this do you think that we're hearing now is just a generational battle going on well you know it's 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 a mixed response you're right in your assessment that younger folks overwhelmingly understand what we're trying to do here Mm -hmm. because right now they're seeing every generation before them having the opportunities of owning a home being able to raise a family in the neighborhood that perhaps that they grew up in and all of a sudden they're saying that is not something that's possible for me it's just they don't see that in their reach they know something's wrong and they want to see something different but it's not only them you know when i when we first introduced these policies i remember knocking on a door in my community and a gentleman said to me hey i understand what you're doing my kids they're thinking about going to another province i don't want my grandkids away from me uh, so i get it but i don't want my community to change and my message to him was 
Whether you want your community to change or not, it is changing. It's been changing for years. Maybe the structures aren't changing, but who can live in your community? It's been changing for 40 years because it's becoming more and more exclusive only for wealthy folks. And when you have a community that doesn't have young kids anymore, Mm -hmm. that is a sign that there's something wrong. And so that's what we're trying to do. We want vibrant, healthy communities. We want all the amenities in the communities. That's, That's all of our shared goal. But we want to make sure there's housing that's attainable for families. And that's what this is all about. Uh, now, Minister, uh, one of the things when you introduced the legislation, we, we heard from a lot of mayors, one of them I think that's been I think very articulate, um, I think quite fair in regards to uh, his uh, concerns, uh, was Eric Woodward, uh, mayor of Lang- Langley Township. And he was on just I think a week and a half ago when the Metro Vancouver board uh, introduced or uh, provided their report in regards to their concerns over housing legislation. It was the usual uh, comments about one size fits all, um, that type of thing, and concerns around it. Uh, he was very critical off the at the beginning of the conversation, uh, and now he says it's sort of the the horse is out of the barn. Let's accept it. Let's move forward. Let's work with the government and get there. Um, I still think that. <laughs> Mr. Woodward certainly needs a bit more convincing, mm-hmm. uh, but he's willing to, uh, to to sort of meet you halfway. Other mayors, I think the mayor of Surrey is another one who probably has expressed some concern as well. Um, what are you going to be doing in regards to working with some of these mayors that actually still have a lot of concerns? And these are the Metro Vancouver mayors. I'm sure there's going to be a different mindset in the interior, Vancouver Island, that type of thing. How will you somehow deal with some of these mayors that still aren't convinced? Well, work with them. Uh, I've got a great deal of respect uh, for Mayor Woodward. Um, and, you know, whenever these kind of things come up, I always say, what do we have in common? And, and I know with Mayor Woodward, we want affordable housing. We want more schools. We want to make sure that we have the important infrastructure in place. And we want to make sure we have housing built because it's a number one issue in his community as well. People need housing. And so those things, I think, unite us. And, uh, and certainly, I'm confident that we're going to be able to work through those details that we want to need to work through because in the end, we have the shared goal. But again... It's important to remind everybody we're doing this because we have a problem. We have young people who are thinking about leaving this province. We have, quite frankly, uh, seniors who are like, hey, my kids are leaving and what am I going to do? Do I have to leave with them as well? I want to be close to my grandkids. So we're trying to address a a major, major issue in our society and we're going to have to all work together. And I've committed, I've been meeting with mayors, I've been meeting with councils from across the province. I'm going to continue to do that work because in the end, I think we all have the shame I know Mayor Woodward and I have the same goal, but I know others have the same goal. And we're going to get there, but we need to work together to do it. How confident are you? I think the number uh, over the next decade in regards to how many housing units will be built will be at 130,000, um, uh, which I think is similar to what New Zealand was saying um, in, in, in regards to this legislation. So how confident are you that you can hit 130,000 new, new units over the next decade? Yeah, and, and that's a modest modest number from the economic analysis that we got done for us. I said five years, here's your target. In 10, in, in 10 years, you can do a lot more. So uh, I, I'm fairly confident, but it's going to require us to make those changes. And, you know, a simple thing. Right now, we have a system where communities get engaged. They make a plan. Everyone says, okay, this is where we want housing. This is what it should look like. And then when somebody comes and wants to build a house that fits within that plan, we say you have to go through that entire process again. Like we got to do things differently. Let's engage the community. Let's make a plan. Let's get everybody to buy in where we want the housing. But when we've got that done, let's get going. Let's start building the housing we need. So one of the other issues that we talk about a lot on this show is um – international students and immigration generally. I'm an immigrant to this country, son of immigrants, as you are. Uh, But this country is open to immigration. But 
in the last year, two years, the conversation we've been hearing more and more is something is fundamentally wrong. And I want to focus just on international students specifically. Uh, Immigration Minister uh, Miller, a federal minister, uh, has now acknowledged what I think most people have been talking about the last couple of years, is something fundamentally wrong. Half 485,000 immigrants coming this year, half a million coming to Canada next year. That generally isn't the concern. The concern is the million mm. international students, temporary foreign workers that are coming. The system is out of control. Uh, he says now that Mr. Miller says that he wants to, to link housing and immigration so it's closer and, and intertwined, particularly in Ontario, Nova Scotia, and British Columbia. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think uh, when I became the Minister of Housing probably a weekend, I think I talked to you about this topic. Yeah. Uh, and I suggested at that time that the federal government consider tying affordable housing funding to uh, to immigration. Uh, and, you know, it's great to hear the conversation coming from the federal minister now. Um, again, we're pro-immigration. Uh, we believe we need immigration. It is vitally important. And the actual immigration numbers are actually not a problem. They're predictable. We know how much they're going to be, so it's not an issue. As you nailed it, uh, the term- temporary residence issue, it is a challenge. What my hope is from the federal government's acknowledgement that, that we have to do something differently is not that they just come out of the blue and say, you know what, now we're going to do something different and here is a, a, like a cap that they've suggested. Because, you know, I think you and I know the folks that come here, these international students, they haven't done nothing wrong. You're right. They, they're following the rules of the land. They've come here for an education, maybe a better life for themselves. Some of these kids, their families have sold everything they have to mm-hmm. send them here. Mm-hmm. And to suggest that all of a sudden we're going to put a cap and all of a sudden all these kids have to go and their families, everything, like, we have to be humane about this. And so th- we need a solution, but the solution is getting to the table and mapping it out with our partners us, the federal government, so that it's done in a way that it doesn't impact people. We don't want to solve one problem and create other problems. There's a way to do this, but I'm glad we're having this conversation because, you know, this is only one part of it. People think that all of a sudden, if we just no, don't have temporary residents anymore, that a housing issue will be solved. It, or they're wrong. We need to address this issue, but fundamentally, what's most important is we need to build housing and we need to do it differently. And that's what this work is about. Minister, uh, lots more we could talk about. We've run out of time. I look forward to having you on the show uh, in the near future again. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Justin. Stay safe.